Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a watchstrap, and I love films. As Winston Churchill once said... I am easily satisfied with the very best, and I have absolutely no notes on Spider-Man 3. Wow, that's surprising. I mean, it has its moments, but it's not exactly flawless, Winston. Hmm, what a hot take. Nice one. Every week, I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Sharon Stone, Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais, and even Ped Pambles. But this week, my amazing special guest is the brilliant and hilarious stand-up comedian, Larry Dean. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get 30 minutes extra chat and a really, I mean, I think more than one secret from Larry Dean, plus the whole thing as an uncut video. It's all there at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Oh yeah, and watch Ted Lasso. It's on the Apple TV Plus app. Episode 5, which I had the honour of writing, is out on Friday. Have a look at it, you'll love it. So... Larry Dean. Larry Dean is a very, very, very funny and award-winning stand-up. We recorded this deep in lockdown and we went long because I think both of us hadn't spoken to people in a while. We were having too much fun and in a way, sure, this is like therapy, why not? But it's also fun. Anyway, here is the result. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 110 of Films to be Buried With. Welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I'm joined today by a actor, a writer, a presenter, a podcaster, a hero, a legend, and most of all, a multi-multi-award-winning stand-up comedian and man. Please welcome to the show, the brilliant Larry Dean! Yay! Oh man, you've just made up for like two months of loneliness. That's what. <laughs> can I just oh, get, yeah, can I get a copy of that recording of you saying all those nice things to me? Yeah, I'll send you one. Um, Larry Dean, we're recording this. I don't know. I think this might come out a while after we record it, so I don't know what state the world will be in by then. But we're currently recording this. You've been in lockdown for two months. Yeah, whenever since lockdown started, and then. I don't think it's too much. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't matter anymore. 
I think anything longer than a couple of weeks in lockdown by yourself, just tiny. Please tell me, how, how, how have you dealt with being alone for that long? <laughs> People were asking me that before lockdown. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I do yoga twice a week. Good, nice. I do 10,000 steps a day at least. Uh, around your around your place, or in uh, the world, out in the world, out in the world. Okay, I'm not worried about getting getting it or anything like that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just uh, don't want to pass it on to any cunt. So I'm just like going out for walks, stay away from people. Uh, but then apart from that, uh, I was doing painting, but I've given up because really? it yeah, it looks bad, man. I'm already messing up, so I'm, I've kind oh, of just no. organised a decorator to come in once lockdown's over. Oh, um, sorry. I thought you meant you were doing art. You oh no, I was, weirdly, place. I was. I had like a week in Brisbane that I was by myself at the beginning of the year, and I started like drawing when I was there. I can't draw people. I can draw cartoons, so right. it's almost like you know the way that the um, to do an impression. The easiest way to do an impression is to do an impression of someone doing an impression. That's the same yes. way I can do art. I can do art this uh, if I copy someone that's done the art for me. I'm sure I've told this before, but do you know that apparently Christopher Walken, the way that he acts, the way he does characters, he gets a script and he reads the script and he goes in his head, oh, Marlon Brando would be really good for this part they've offered me. So he does what he thinks is an impression of Marlon Brando, but he's not very good at impressions, so it comes out however it comes out. But in his so, head, every, every part he's doing, he's just doing an impression of an actor, just doing it very badly. But that's so his why. his famous noise is basically him just trying to get into character. Hey, yeah, yeah. He's, he's sort of going, "Is that what he sounds like?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know because it is easier though when you because um, me and a couple of character comedians. I was saying this to them. I've, I did this like character on stage of like a London observational comedian, and when I did that, I would be so confident because I, it wasn't yeah. me. So if they didn't find it funny, I'd be like, it doesn't matter, it's not me. I don't. I can't take it personally. So, But the people would laugh at it, even if the joke wasn't even a joke. Because, yeah. you know, when you see those comics have, that don't have any jokes, but they're just so confident that people just go with it. That's what the London Observation... Can you please do a bit of your London Observation of comedian? All right, all right, here we go. Uh, okay, here we go, guys. Um, <laughs> right, so, tell you what, right... You know, King's Cross, King's Cross, <laughs> I always think, why doesn't the Queen just cheer him up then? Hey? <laughs> London observational comedian there. Thank it's you very really much. good. Oh, I mean, thank you finally, very much. that is some comedy I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just, I learned that accent off listening to other people trying to do an English accent and then eventually you just kind of move it along to the next bit. I think with the, what do you call it? And acting as well. I do, see, because I even did that when I was doing a self tape for a thing. They said to be uh, a bit of a, a bit of a dick, but right. then it's difficult to act like a dick while being yourself. Even if you are a dick, you still kind of don't want to think that you're a dick. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I put on the stereotypical English accent for someone who's a dick because that's basically. And I sent b- both versions to my agent, <laughs> being like. Here's me doing the, the, the self-tape in English and here's me yeah. doing it in Scottish. But then they still went with this. I was convinced the English one was better, but I think the English one was better because 
it was me watching someone that isn't me. Because whenever you watch yourself, you always think, oh, God, I'm terrible. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not funny or whatever like that. Uh, well, at least I do. Uh, I this do, is where yeah. you come in and see you are. Uh, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but then when I watched the, the English one, I was like, oh, I'm much better at that. Maybe I should just be English. I think I might give up the Scottish thing. Yeah, I think that that's the way to go. I think people would respect you for making that decision. <laughs> I'd love to be American. The amount of comedians that I watch, and I think... Oh, yeah. Uh, they, even the comedians that are not amazing, but I still think you're still going to do better than a lot of non-American comics because you've got the accent that everyone yeah. just can jump on board with. Because everyone understands an American accent, a general American accent. Yeah, and you know what? It's, it's, sometimes I think it's quite in- interesting with English comedy, English stand-up, is that stand-up is like a confidence trick, isn't it? It's a, like the oh. audience has to go, oh, they're confident enough to do this. And so in America it completely works because Americans are so naturally confident, they're taught to be confident, they're built confident come out the womb like what's up and yeah, yeah. <laughs> here in england like the british sort of the stereotype of british is to be oh so, sorry sorry to not be confident and so so stand-up's quite possibly more i don't know there's something different about it here because you have to be confident without being confident because if you're performatively confident like an american in england people hate you <laughs> yeah and it's you know? it's the same in australia as well Weirdly, my chiropractor gave me this advice. Uh, <laughs> whenever, I swear to God, whenever I get in a room with someone and I've been asked to sit down, my brain immediately goes, therapy. And <laughs> so, so my fucking, my dermatologist and my chiropractor have had, like, therapy sessions with me just because they're like, so why, why do you think your your neck is sore? Like, oh, no, it's because of this person who was nasty to me online. <laughs> uh, but my chiropractor said the crabs in a bucket thing. What's that? Uh, and I never, so if you put crabs in a bucket, mm-hmm. uh, one of them will eventually be able to get to the edge and be able to climb out, but the other crabs will pull it back into the bucket with them. So that's British and that's Australian British mentality. Yeah. Because no, you, you, you don't tend to be happy for other people to do well, but in America... You doing well is a representation of like, oh my God, we're, we're the best we're country in the world. Good job. The fact that I went to America for the first time this year and I told people I was a comedian and they didn't question it in the slightest. They were just really happy <laughs> that I was trying to make other people happy. It's mental, man. I fuck yeah. it, I need to live in America. I need some more. <laughs> I need that in my life. That's so interesting. Yeah, I feel it's, it's a real... Uh, any of that stuff, any of the acting and stand-up are two things that I don't if i meet strangers i don't tell them i do if they say what do you do i keep it quiet because i feel it's so embarrassing (laughs) and also i feel like they'll go which they do usually like really and then you you suddenly in this awful position of going yeah actually you know i can be and they sort of go but you haven't been funny for the whole time we've been talking you know exactly forget it i'm going home no, I know. I think no matter what stage you get to, people will still do that. Because like um, my barber was saying to me about another You're on a famous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sat down. <laughs> I'm sat down right now, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I'm, I'm. I'm well aware. I know your therapist. <laughs> I'm delighted. Um, <laughs> my uh, my barber was saying about 
You tell me some other comic, and then he told me the comic's incredibly famous. Although I'm not going to repeat, uh, say their name because I don't, I don't like the thing of like, oh, actually they said that comedians like that. But yeah. um, but they said that, that about this really famous comedian of how they should, they think the the feedback that they gave them. So they're like, oh, they should stop talking like this, and they should yeah. start doing more jokes about this because he used to do jokes about this. And they said, but you 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 know them, you've you've gave them before. I was like, yeah, it's a friend of mine. And then they're like, oh, can you tell them that next time you see them, just pass. I was like. You honestly think that I'm a fucking? But even a lot of people don't even realise that we're friends. Like, yeah. the, like comedians are friends because I find it so uncomfortable, and I hope other people find it uncomfortable because it definitely will happen to me as well. Yeah. Of when they tell you about how they don't find another comedian funny, uh, and you're just you. like, unless it's a comedian I don't like, then that's absolutely fine. <laughs> then, then I will pile on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, actually, for legal reasons, I'm not allowed to say anything about that yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's true of all jobs. I'm trying to think if it's just sort of jobs that you do in front of people. As in, if you're a politician or you're a footballer or you're a stand-up, that is a job in front of people where people go, oh, I could do that, you're a cunt. But maybe yeah. that's true of all jobs because I, I do know people who would watch a... Uh, electrician in their house and go, oh, I could do that. <laughs> Maybe it's just oh, all the jobs. I know. I did think that with like even the when they were saying about the Brexit stuff and like let let's not listen. Whatever side you were on, I think the the thing that is so stupid is saying don't listen to experts. And I was like, yeah. that is standard mentality. Uh, we get comedians get that for years. It's like even if you find this funny or not, we are experts because we've done it a lot and we yeah. know how it works. But then uh, I'm like, I really hope the same people that do that are the, think the same way when they go to the doctors, going, well, I'm not listening to the experts. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask this? What's been... Ha, this is very private, but I'm sort of fascinated. You're on yeah, your own, you've been alive too. Ha, ha, what, how's your love life been? Do you, have you had... What have you been... Have you Since we're in therapy, can you answer that? <laughs> have you been having phone calls with people? What's been happening? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um... Oh, <laughs> my love life. Yeah. Um, you we know don't what? Have to talk about this. No, I'm fucking talking. No, you You're brought right. it up, Brett. Okay. We have to talk about it now. I've sat down. You knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I come in so early with it. So. <laughs> you, you sat me down and you mm. asked me a question. Um, so, basically, uh, what has happened is when uh, beginning of lockdown, it's kind of weird because this flat, I specifically. Because I hate living alone. I can't stand it. Wow. But the reason why I bought this flat was because uh, my ex was going to move over from Australia. And then we, me and him broke up like uh, two years ago. And then we got back together and then we broke up again last year. Uh, the right. second time we broke up, the reason why was because he wanted to. And then when... Uh, <laughs> so now this is the first time I've been in the flat by myself right. for a long period of time. So now I'm a bit like, oh, yeah, this is where we were going to be having breakfast together. But now I'm by myself. And this is the thing, the art I bought for him because I asked his opinion because it was going to be his flat. Um, so that was weird. Right. But then I've had, like, some dates and stuff. I had, like, a social, you know that, um, you like to meet two of our house, households now. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was good. This is sort of, I didn't, I, I was curious, like, have you been social distance dating? Is that what you've been doing? Well, I thought I may as well use one, because it's almost like you've got two wishes, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the two households, right? So I thought, right, 
fine, mum and dad, which is basically the wish of world peace. Okay. And then (laughs) the selfish one, I was like, oh, I'm going to get my hole. Um, So I started meeting this guy around the corner from me Mm. who's dead nice and stuff. I don't think it's going to end well because nothing ever does. (laughs) Um, But it's been all right. And I've had Skype dates as well. But one of the Skype dates was a drunk guy who then got me on basically by saying, we hadn't really chatted. We were doing that thing of on Instagram. You know when like you do the thing of, I liked your picture, now they like my picture. I like another picture of you. Let's see which one of us breaks and has to go, hi, uh, before it's too late. So... He just messaged me saying, hey, man, I'm really lonely tonight. Do you fancy Skyping and just having a wee chat? Uh, and I was like, aye, yes, you can give us 10 minutes. Go and brush my teeth. No idea why, but <laughs> all that. Zoom has got um, very, very sophisticated. Oh, mate, yeah. I was like, oh, I always wear a tuxedo around the house, don't you? <laughs> um, and then then he just proceeded to tell me about how he didn't like my last show. Um, oh, my God. I, and I was trapped because I thought, I thought if I leave this conversation, yeah. it's going to seem as if I can't take criticism. So Was I have to take the criticism. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fucking wish it was. Fucking uh, hell, I can't believe you had a Skype date with Bruce DeSalle. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing, right? So the guy says to us, he goes, well, I'm trying to get into reviewing. So this, and then I'm like, okay, but why? So you, you, you he said, well, I've given you, I'll give you your show three out of five. I was like, thanks. Uh, and then um, and the I was like, so you reviewed other things? And he's like, no, I'm just getting into it now, right? So clearly he's an expert. Yeah. But then I looked and he said that I talked, uh, the, the, the show he was talking about was uh, one I did about my ex, yeah. right? And he said, you talked about your ex too much. I was like, well, that's like what the show is about. It's so I have to ex. talk about him. Yeah. Uh, he said, yeah, but it's a bit cringy talking about your ex. So I, I was like, all right. And then I, but then this is the thing. See, whenever like you get criticism mm-hmm. or whenever I get criticism, I kind of, I've, I've got such a bad habit of like ruminating over things. So like going back and trying to figure everything out of how it happened. So I thought, well, I need to, I want to know more about him now. So I did my research. He wrote a book about his ex <laughs> and, and it's got one five star review that was wrote by him. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I feel better now. That's all right. I smell marriage material. <laughs> Oh my also, God. Also, I've actually started chatting to a guy in America because I was thinking if I'm in lockdown, I may as well have like a yeah, romance yeah. that's going to be the same as a romance around the block. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's always a thing. Though. I've, I've kinda, I'm giving up now on the fucking dating stuff though, man. I'm just like, um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for, for answering that question that really didn't have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I never, see, I never know if a quite, an answer's good or not. Uh, no, that good was a really not. good answer. It's a really just, good answer. Right? I honest. felt bad asking it and then I'm glad you answered. Mate, oh. I, did you not see what I was doing on social media of like just telling the most embarrassing stories of my life? I did see that. It was great. Yeah. It's, I, it's I, really I, fascinating. I'm actually, I'm fine with just like, yeah. I'm fine with humiliating myself. If you humiliate yourself, at least you're in control of the humiliation. <laughs> I think it's really right and then you get to own it, right? Oh, Larry, Dean, I've forgotten to tell Sammy. you something. What? Oh, it's really stupid of me, actually. I feel like an idiot. I should have said this to you, uh, maybe before we started recording, but fuck. <sighs> well, I guess I'll just have to say it. Um, I'll just say it. You've died. You, you're, you've died. Sorry. <sighs> 
How did you? You mean that? I don't have to do that stupid Scottish accent anymore? Thank <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, now exhausting. I can have sex with women. I can have sex with women in heaven. I don't even have to do the gay thing anymore. <laughs> How did uh, you die? Oh, that sucks. Uh, not really. It's fine. It's probably the same as it is now. Um, how did I die? Yeah. I yes, think I was yeah. poisoned by my neighbour. Oh, really? Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. What? What? Like, just just in front of you, just poisoned you? They swapped our uh, my food with uh, their food. Right. Uh, base, right. Because I fucking know my neighbour's up to something, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I think... Right, I'm quite paranoid enough as it is, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you, you already knew that. Um, but the my car was smashed into the back of it mm-hmm. about a month and a half ago. Right, uh, and I, just just to, before I even continue, I live in a nice part of Glasgow, and, I, and it's a very it's a small street, and it's not there's not much bad shit happening around here. Then, month after the car thing. Uh, my bike was stolen from my close, um, so there was no and there was no struggle for entry or anything like that. And uh, then I ordered breakfast for my uh, for for my house for me in yeah. my house, yeah. and uh, I got a message off Uber saying your delivery driver has arrived. Please go and uh, meet them. And I was like, oh, they've not you know rang the doorbell. I looked out the window and I saw the delivery driver walk into the house next, uh, not the house, the, the flats next yeah. door. Ground floor. Easy to get mixed up because I'm on number 84, that's number 82, and the only thing to tell the difference is the massive numbers on the yeah. fucking doors. But then I just, and I thought, clearly what's going to happen is he's going to say, here's your breakfast. Yeah. And they're going to go, oh, you think you're the wrong place. Wrong but instead, but I saw the hand, I just saw the hand come out and grab the food and take it inside. So I'm thinking, I'm genuinely like, now, like, that's that's too many weird things yeah. to happen in a row. And people do hate me. So I'm like, Have you yeah, seen them pro- riding your bike? That's the thing. No, gonna- but I, I got a message because I put it on the social media yeah. and I got uh, people saying, uh, I've seen that bike in an alleyway. I think they're toying with me, man. You're all, you're all fucking, and I know you're all fucking on, on it. <laughs> Listen, I know nothing about your neighbour at 82. He's on to us. What is... Um, do you worry about death? You know what? No. I've never even think of it. I, oh. I'm worried about people dying. Yeah. But uh, like when someone dies, I, I find it so difficult to move on. Mm. Uh, but that's probably part of the ruminating thing that I do anyway. I just obsess over it. But for my death, not particularly. I used to be really worried about it. I used to pray every night and really? that. Uh, why, why did it stop? Do you, do you remember why you like got over it or stopped thinking about it? I think it was a, it's the same thing that stopped me being scared of flying. It was being told what's the point of stressing yourself out when you can't control it. And I just kind of don't think about it too much. Like, oh, I don't, I think also I'm like, I don't know. I even, I kind of even, I'm majorly agnostic with stuff. Right. And I kind of think, well, if, if I get stressed out about it all the time, it's not really... A, uh, one thing I am stressed out about, though, I'm yeah. determined to not die and be for, uh, and be forgotten. Like, my mission right. in life is to, when I when I do die, 
to make sure that it's like the way you can look back on someone like 50 years ago and people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that person from 50 years ago. Yeah. So I think that's the thing I'm worried about. I'm worried that's about dying before I can uh, be remembered. You Because right now, I mean, if I was to die right now, it'd barely be in the fucking front page of Chortle. <laughs> oh, it would be in the tight five. It'd be in the tight five section. <laughs> I think the way I'd, I'd have to, right now, for me to get any news coverage, I'd have to die in a big event. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think there's an afterlife? So there's two things I kind of think, yeah. right? So you know that when you die, the thing of you see the light, mm-hmm. there's, an actual, there's an actual brain reason why that happens. But I think it may even be the thing, I've, since I've been brought up as a Catholic, I tend to believe that there probably is. Because mm-hmm. even the thing of like how, even if it's like heaven or if it's just in your head, but I think when you die, that's not it. Like you, because your brain still works a wee bit, doesn't it? There's like some, uh, well, I've, I'm sure I've seen something about your brain still works a wee bit. So it's either that your yeah. own brain is giving you some kind of form of, hey, everything's all right, don't worry. <laughs> Six feet underground, but don't worry, mate. Um <laughs> But a nice know, little gentle lie. Yeah, and then just, just kind of like lowering the power slightly and slightly oh, yeah, every single day yeah. until it's boom, completely off. But then, uh, but I, I, I don't know, I, kind of, I think I probably do think there is an afterlife. I believe in ghosts, so I think it'd be weird yeah. for me to not think there was an afterlife if I believe in ghosts. Have you had Also, I think experience? that's a nice... Oh, yeah, I had a weird ghost experience and... Basically, it was when I was a, uh, when I was a kid. I feel I should, I feel I should turn the lights off and have the torch under my chin while I tell you this. Um, when I was a kid, mm. I was about, well, not really a kid even, I was like 15. We'd just moved to this house and house. Thank you. And, uh, no worries. And, <laughs> and um, in the middle of the night, I woke up and my bed sheets were coming off the bed. And and I, and I was pulling up, and I thought it must be jammed on something. Yeah. And when I pulled up, no matter how much I pulled, it wouldn't come up. And I looked to the bottom of the bed, and there was a a small blonde boy just holding my bed sheet. And I told this to my mum the next day, and she says, "Well, we do, obviously, like we, I don't know if that's true, but just no matter what, do not tell your sister because the reason why." We moved house is because we got burgled in the last house and my sister was, it wasn't even the fact we got burgled that was the issue. It was the fact that my sister was just like such an anxious wreck at the thought of ever getting burgled again. So she couldn't sleep. So my mum was like, just don't tell her because I don't want to have to move house again because she'd be scared or something else. Uh, And I was like, yeah, of course. Right. So I didn't tell my sister. Two weeks later, my sister pisses the bed and... My sister, my mum goes, why are you pissed the bed? Uh, and she says, I was going to, I got up to go to the toilet, but then I saw a small boy holding onto my bed sheets at the bottom of the bed and oh I couldn't get up after God. that. I know. And I was like, it's, I still see, honestly, still even thinking of the way that it's little boy looks. I'm still getting goosebumps. Yeah. I still get shivers thinking about it. Where, like, where did, it, do you remember when you saw the boy, did he then disappear? Or do you remember like what happened? Yeah, as soon as I saw him, yeah. I like immediately like went back because it's yeah. almost, it's a weird thing because you think surely at the time you should just go hey man <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> but really you don't can't. you just panic so much because yeah. it's the most unnatural thing ever 
So I just went back in my bed, my heart's pounding like that. Yeah. And then after about 20 minutes, I conjured up the guts to pull the covers up. Yeah. I pulled the covers up and then they came up and then I waited another like 20 minutes and then I looked at the bottom of the bed and he wasn't there anymore. Larry Dean, that is some scary shit. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely terrifying that. Well done. I'm never going to sleep again. Well, I think the lesson is don't, don't, just don't have a bed sheet because that wouldn't have exactly. about it. Sleep naked, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Larry <laughs> Dean, good news. You were right. There is a heaven. And it's filled with scary blonde children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Walking around with duvets on them. No, it's very nice there. Nothing to be afraid of. Uh, But they're obsessed with films. They're obsessed with them. And they want to know about your life through film. And the first thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing? First film I remember seeing is, right, I think it's Jungle Book or that. I don't even know if it's a film. You know that Mickey Mouse thing? Well, uh, the Mickey one? Mouse one when it's to music, the whole movie's to music. Fantasia. Fantasia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that a film? That is a film, yeah. I thought it's only like half an hour. Well, no, the bit, it's it's like a series of sort of short films in one film and one of the Mickey Mouse bit is one part of it. It's like a series of vignettes, if I may. And right. the Mickey Mouse bit is the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but there's also bits with like elephants and fountains and all sorts of shit because that was it my, my first memory but then i thought i don't even know if that's a film, it's <laughs> like, a film. that's a pro- that's legit that's a okay film. i remember watching fantasia at my granny's but the film i remember always wanting to watch as a kid was the jungle book i love the jungle book i love the jungle book still love it i can't watch yeah. the they've made a new one haven't they yeah i can't watch it no, <laughs> I think I don't understand. I just I'm not. I'm I'm very. I'm not pro CGI animals and I don't same. Even in it. horror as well, I think it's ruined horror films now. Yeah. I don't like any of that. Like, I really don't get it. I I don't get what what we're meant. I mean, clearly, look, they keep making money, and I'm sure some people love them. I I genuinely feel like. There's something missing in my brain or so because I watch those things and I go, what am I meant to be getting out of this? I'm watching a computer. I can mm. see it's a computer. It looks like a computer. What are we watching? They're trying what? to train us to love the computer. Oh. We love the, you love computer. I love um, your paranoid brain. Love it's you really, too, Alex. It's really um, up to us. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this is a proper paranoid interview. <laughs> Although I see, I think the reason why is because... Well, they, for specifically for Jungle Book, is uh, my little uh, my nephew loves it mm-hmm. because uh, and it, and I can tell it's because he looks at his dad like Baloo because mm. Baloo is such a father figure, and I remember thinking my dad was Baloo as well, That's and nice. I think it, mo- a lot of people have that that that's the link that they get yeah. there, is between, and I think watching a new version of. Jungle Book would be like watching your stepdad, like your, yeah. like your, your mum with a new man. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. It's, it's a bit like, yeah, I can see you making other people happy, but I feel weird about it. You're not my real dad. <laughs> You're not my real dad, Baloo. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I love, um, what's his name, the Puma? What's his name? Bagheera. Bagheera. I love yeah. Bagheera. Uh, him and Baloo's, um, what do you call it, relationship of yeah. he's the the one who's very, like, 
we've got to be responsible, we've yeah. got to do this, we've got to do this. And Baloo, at the end when Baloo's still dancing, yeah, he gets yeah. really into it. It's like so dangerous, but he gets proper into it. I love that scene, man. And he's wearing he's wearing the fucking uh, dress and stuff as well, man. It's fucking great. Um, anyway, what is the film that scared you the most? You've been scared in real life. Do you like being scared in films? Yeah, I love it, man. I fucking adore scary films. Yes, um, finally. So many comedians do not like horror films, I've discovered, doing this podcast. Yeah, I've noticed that as well, because I usually try and talk to them about it. Yeah. I love how... Because I'm actually... Uh, uh, oh, I don't... Yeah, I can't say. I'm trying to, right? Because you know how comedy and horror are the same thing? Yes. I'm trying to figure out a way of... Because you know how... In Edinburgh, they've done stand-up that's sad. Mm-hmm. You want to do stand-up that's scary? Yeah. The dream. Yeah. Because I, 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 I've even been... Because I usually... Um, like <laughs> I'm such a dork, right, for scary films because yeah. I love... I don't like just fright films because I think fright films are just like... It's, it's cheap because you're just going... Ugh, and then it, and if you give a big noise, it's not really, it's not yeah. really scary. It's just a bit unexpected. The thing I love, though, is creepy films. So, like, Alien mm-hmm. and The Thing and The Shining, yeah. those films that make you feel uneasy because of the isolation aspect, but also even The, the Shining's thing of how Kubrick changed the layout of The Overlook so it wouldn't actually make sense. So yeah. your brain is kind of watching it very... It's almost like hypnotising your brain because your brain's going, hold on, how does that make sense? There's no, yeah. There can't be a door there because there's a staircase there. But you don't even realise it when you're watching it. And yeah. uh, what was that? That Netflix series um, did something similar. The Haunting um, of the House? Yeah, by putting people in the uh, ghosts in the yeah. background just God, to make you feel man. a bit like, I'm sure I saw something there. Um, yeah, so I, I love horror films. But the, the, the scariest yeah. horror film yeah. that's, well, the one, all right, <laughs> I've, I've kind of thought of one that's a. Uh, one that's a horror documentary film yeah. that's the scariest and also horror fiction film is probably the others, I'd say. Probably just because no. I grew up watching a lot of ghosts. Really uh, watching a lot of ghosts, yeah. All those, I mean, <laughs> that primary school opposite my house is full of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice, blunt children. Uh, you imagine me going to a, me, my holiday in Sweden. Oh, the ghosts just ruined it for me. I love that you um, just think guys are white children. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I don't know if you've seen it, but the scariest film I've ever actually seen, that documentary, is The Nightmare. Oh, about the the thing that's, that you feel sleeps on your chest or gets on your yeah, chest. Yeah, the sleep you... paralysis stuff. Yes. Just people had telling you a story. Fuck Oh, me. man. Do you think it's something that's like um, other realmy, or do you not believe in? No, I, I, I've ge- genuinely had horrific. Like, it's, I can't, I don't. I, you feel like you're being held down by a ghost, is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and there's, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm it's sure. Some it's of the coincidences that, but, yeah. in that film. Some of them. I've not watched like, that. Is it great? The problem is, right? Um, they even said it. If you have sleep paralysis and you watch this film, chances are you're probably going to get sleep paralysis again because it's going to make you kind of think in that kind of mindset. Um, It's like that thing of people who think they're going to get ill are probably more likely to get ill because they're always thinking about it. So, um, but some of the stories in it, initially I I went into that film watching it going, 
oh well, never happened. It would never happen to me, so fuck him. Such dickish thought way. But then by the end of it, I was fucking petrified because it makes you, it ends with you thinking, is this ghosts or demons? Because the people who actually see them, a lot of people are convinced that's what it is. Yeah. Why is there not a cure for it when it's such a horrendous thing? Yeah. And then you kind of go, well, some of them say, oh, I didn't get sleep paralysis until I was 40. And you're like, oh, fuck, yeah. I can get it as well. So it makes you go so scared and feeling sorry for these people. And then just, <laughs> then at the end, they're just like, by the way, anyone can get it. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That is, yeah, yeah, it's real, it's a real, it's it's really fucking scary when it happens. Um, I've had it quite a few times and you can't, and it's like be, you're sort of drowning and you're trying to pull yourself out, but you're being, you're constantly being pushed back down. God, it's so fucking weird. Uh, uh, so, but have you been able to open your eyes during it? Uh, again, it's like you're trying to but they're being pissed close. I've had, you know, someone's woken me up in the middle of it and I've gone fucking like fought them off. What, tell me, riddle me this. Are you, have you made any headway with your stand-up that scary thoughts? I've got some notes on my big whiteboard in my bedroom and it's dependent on the venue Right. One thing I did think that's a good psychological trick to play on people is basically, you know, the way that in a like a horror film they will have a like a a noise that is basically like it's like the the noise that you know when it in The Shining when it would tell you what day it was yeah, and it would just yeah. go right. Um, but the, apparently there's a director who did this for a play in which she'd have this noise a noise playing the whole time that the the play was going on. It was just like an eerie kind of noise. Mm. But the, he would stop the play, playing it when something scary was happening. Right. And the people that watched it just said it made them feel so uneasy because yeah. they got so used to that noise that even though the noise was scary, it was almost mm. like the comfort of that noise. So it, yeah. bringing the, it was almost like the op, it was the, doing the opposite thing, but it was having the same effect. Um, so I thought if I was doing stand-up, having noise in the background, but then it, immediately that goes against the rule of stand-up of you yeah. should only be able to hear the comedian. Well, I wonder if it, I think you have to do, it would be tricks. When, like I always think about Paranormal Activity, the first one, I think is such a like work of genius in that. And it is like comedy because what that film is, is pure repetition, is that it sets up this thing, which is a black and white square image the image doesn't move, it doesn't go left and right, it's just an image of a bedroom, and you learn, the film trains you very quickly to be scared of that image, and you're searching mm. it for something. Is something in the door, is something in the corner, is something in the corner, and then it goes away, and then some other stuff happens, then it, bang, you're back on that image, and purely by repeating it, you are now scared of that just square image. So I think it's... Yeah, it's like... It's, but could you do that with, like, a, a part of the stage? The difficulty is, I think, it's, like, where... Um, it's almost like uh, the way that it's doing a... It's doing stand... Oh, it's doing it without any props and any gimmicks. Yeah, that's... It's a difficult thing. That's really a real challenge. That is a real challenge. I mean, there's something that Jordan Brooks did 
I don't know if this is if I'm allowed to talk about it publicly, but he did a a clever thing with his bleed show. Did you see that where he had everyone had headphones, but there was like a trick in it. I think I can say this because the show I believe is fully done. Is um, I'll check with him. Otherwise, I'll delete it. But he, there was noise in his venue. There was noise outside. He was in the courtyard, so you could hear people drinking. And quite often, he said, uh, he made references to the people, to the noise outside, made jokes about the noise outside. And then suddenly, he was like, oh, fuck this. And he did something, and everyone was suddenly given headphones. And you realised that the noise outside had been fake, that it would co- had been <laughs> coming out of a speaker, and actually the whole thing had been set up. So you... you but that's using stuff. I don't know how you do that with just... I know. I, I think I need to spend like a year on it. So I, need to, yeah, I basically need to make it. enough money before then to just do nothing but concentrate on it. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. What is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a cry, cry, cryer? I never, ever cry at happy films. I don't understand. It has to be sad. I can't can't get the thing of people going, oh, God, I was so happy. They fell in love when I cried. I cry at weird, weird films, like films that I'm like, and just television that I'm like, that shouldn't make me cry, but, oh, but then it, Oh, hold on. Right, I'll take the film and maybe okay. <laughs> most. You know, move into that. Uh, there's a film called Who Will Love My Children. Okay. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen it? No. Funnily enough, it was always the film that my sister wanted to get out of the video shop when we were little, and I'd always be like, "Fucking!" What? <laughs> I wanted Lethal Weapon, and she wanted Who Will Love My Children. She was always trying to get us to watch that. Talk to me about it. I believe we did you- see it in the end. It's like um, a TV movie, right? It's, it's like a straight-to-DVD, like, woman... Yeah. Uh, and awful, loses all it's like kids. 1960s, 1970s, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember my mum um, had on VHS, and I'd, I'd watched every other video in the house, and I was like, oh, fuck it, I watched this. I was only a kid, and I watched it, and then I was like, <laughs> scarred as a child. But it's about a woman who's married to... Uh, alcoholic. He's a nice man, though, but uh, a nice man who's an alcoholic and has arthritis. Mm-hmm. And she does everything for the kids. She has ten kids, and then she gets terminal cancer and has to give each of the kids away. But no one's going to take ten kids, so she has to separate all the children. And is based on a true story. And the reason, and the husband wouldn't be able to look after them, so the husband is separated from her kids, and then she's dying. 
it is fucking hell man I cry so much during that film it's not like one of those films that, the, that you cry at the end of because it, yeah. it's ten kids all, and each and every single kid leaving their mum I'm like oh my uh. god so uh, and then there's a, uh, a it's actually I think the film's even on YouTube now if you don't want the, the end to be ruined <laughs> then uh, I say ruin it because this sounds horrendous and I definitely you, okay, okay nobody will want to watch, watch it, it. <laughs> the uh the kid with epilepsy, this was back in the day when epilepsy was thought to be a mental illness. Right. So she couldn't find him a house and she had to put him in a mental institute. Jesus So Christ. she died putting her child who's got epilepsy in a mental institute. But then yeah. his, his brother goes to say goodbye to him because his, his new mum and dad are taking him away somewhere. And then they adopt the kid and then that's yeah. kind of like oh that's nice but then you look up on wikipedia and you realize that wasn't the true bit of the story oh god <laughs> they threw us a bone at the end yeah oh, christ um, Do you... i suppose at the end that that is a kind of happy cry but I st- i'm still busy going oh i feel sorry for the the mum and the kids and all that yeah it sounds awful but uh, then, uh, awful happy I did actually think when I was saying about happy cries, I cried at uh, a Simpsons episode the other day. Which one? The one when Bart and Lisa have to play ice hockey against each other and then they have all these memories of brothers and sisters things and then they don't play and then they hug. And I I started crying and I was like, oh, but but then it's based on a sad thing because I was like, oh, I just miss hanging out with my sister. That's it. Is it just you and your sister in your family? Got, uh, got a big brother as well. Are you in the middle? Yeah, middle child. Nice. Hench the comedian. <laughs> that's the London observation of comedian. Yeah, that's right. In the middle, eh? <laughs> between Scotland and Wales. <laughs> uh, what is the film that people don't really like? It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it. Uh, I think most Elvis films. That's a good shout. If I had to pick one Elvis film, that would definitely be one that most people don't like, but I yeah. do. Uh, girls, girls, girls. Girls, girls, girls. Uh, <laughs> girls, girls, girls. Girls, girls, girls. <laughs> I, because I originally thought, yeah. for that, I actually thought, before Elvis, I was thinking Gremlins 2, because I, I thought too. people, yeah, I actually, for what, some reason, I thought people didn't like Gremlins 2, and then I looked it up, and I was like, Fucking hell, loads of people love Gremlins too. Yeah. It was a disaster when it came out because I like, lost money. Yeah. But it was a great film. But Elvis films I love. And I, I can tell that they're awful. Mm. But I love them anyway because I, I, I love Elvis. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and it reminds me of being a kid because I used to always watch Elvis films growing up. I loved it. That's nice. That's great. Is Elvis it? has never come up on this podcast. So really, eh? 10 points for you. Yay! Um, Hold on, and the nightmare. Who will love my children? Has <laughs> yeah. Who will love my children? My sister's always. When are we going to finally watch it? Never, you sick, you sick. Please watch it. Please, no, please watch it and send me a picture of you crying. Please, give away ten please kids. Come to my depression level. Come <laughs> on, mate. Please. I want to watch Pete's Dragon again. What <laughs> is the film that you used to love? You loved it. But you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, no, I don't feel the same way no more. Oh, this is bad. Go on. Rocky Five. <laughs> <laughs> Why on earth have you gone off Rocky Five? What's Rocky Five oh, done? 
It's bad, man. It's fucking bad. I loved it because it was actually the first Rocky film I ever saw. Right. And I thought, well, this is great because I know how they all end. And uh, so I don't need to watch the rest of them. And then <laughs> I watched all of them through. Mm. Uh, three and four are the best. One and two. Two's all right. One, I don't like one. I know one's like, um, mm. you know, is said to be fucking brilliant. But I'm just yeah. like, yeah, he he's walking around the streets all the time. I'm like, I get it. It's cold. I get it. <laughs> it could have been at least half an hour shorter. It's quite that boring, film. isn't it? It's quite boring. Totally. Okay. I mean, yeah. also because three and four are great because of the ridiculousness of them. Yeah. You want and that's what you need. You're all just there for the montage. Totally. Also, you're like, it's supposed to be ridiculous. He's a, he's one of the best boxers of all time and he still doesn't know how to block of course it's got to be ridiculous. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what, uh, what is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, because the experience you had around seeing the film that will make it special to you for all your days. Star of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. <sighs> Love that film. Love that it's film. All right. I thought it was a, scary. It's a, Fine. It's quite scary, yeah. It is quite it's quite scary. The it's the problem was with it, I think, mm-hmm. was it came out too soon to the sixth sense. Yeah. And I thought it's kind of going on the same lines of yeah. but then that I mean that was every horror film ever after the sixth sense was little kids being able to see ghosts. Yeah. Um tell but me, yeah. Tell me your experience with Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. So when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was really badly behaved all the time and, like, so fucking out of control. Typical but middle. Then, oh, I know. God, what, what's he like? <laughs> Probably because he's Scottish, no doubt. <laughs> but, yeah, I was so badly behaved that I got... I had epilepsy, because uh, some people get epilepsy during their um, puberty years because mm-hmm. of all your brain shit going weird. Uh, so I used to wake up in the middle of the night and see blonde children. No, I used to see <laughs> <laughs> But I used to wake up in the middle of the night and I'd sleepwalk, have no idea I sleptwalk, but then wake up in another part of the house having a fit. Oh, wow. Um, and I, sometimes I'd wake up. It was always when I'd go to sleep. Sometimes I'd wake up and then be like having... The, the fits weren't specifically all my, my whole body. Sometimes it was my whole body. Other mm-hmm. times it was like... I once woke up, it's the weirdest thing, I woke up doing a doggy paddle, right? My arms just wouldn't stop flailing like that, and then I had to walk to the toilet, because for some reason in my head I thought, maybe I need a piss. (laughs) 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 Um, So the reason why Star of Echoes means a lot to me is because uh, my mum didn't believe me, because she thought I was making it up, because I was so badly behaved. So. wow. And my dad didn't believe me. Nobody believed me that I was having uh, epileptic fits or there was anything wrong with me. They thought I was just being a dick and I was just coming up with this thing to not go into school. Yeah. So I was still having to go to school even though I was talking like that because when you um, have a fit, you're so you're exhausted afterwards. And I was trying to go to school like that. Um, and then, uh, so then, what's it called? Then uh, my mum believed me because yeah. I scared my sister. And then 
the doctor was like, we're going to have to do a brain scan on him, but he's going to have, since he always has epileptic fits when he goes to sleep, we're going to have to get him to fall asleep. So my mum went to the video store and when I need to get a horror film that will make sure my son won't be able to sleep tonight and then he'll be able to fall asleep tomorrow on the doctor's, at the doctor's table when they're doing a brain, an MRI scan thing yeah. on him. So then I had to stay up all night watching Star of Echoes and uh, I think I'd already seen a couple of other horrors. So that was, because uh, that, that film That's I think represents amazing. me finally getting believed that I was unwell. That's amazing. Did it work? Did you then stay awake all night terrified and then sleep on the table? Um, I did fall asleep on the table, but then after that whole fucking thing, they were like, yeah, there was no difference in brain activity. And, <laughs> but they were like, but that ha- they said that happens like eight, eight, 70% of the time. They can't actually tell the difference. It's just such, it's just to do with luck of whether or not it, yeah. um, it's like that thing of you're, you're ill and then you go to the doctors and then that's the day you have to feel better. So, um, but yeah. So it's more, never... it more just nice that they believed me. I was like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> also <laughs> interesting that Star of Echoes is about a man who is not believed. Uh, he, he sees oh, yeah. all these things and he's not believed. Oh, no, I didn't even think about that way yeah, as well. Yeah. I would say, this, and it was around about the same time that I was really getting into my 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 gayness. Uh, my, right. my gayness, yeah. I was getting really I was into getting it. Watching right it into my gayness then. W- watching it every single week. Um, but the guy, <laughs> I remember as well watching that thinking... The guy who murdered her, mm. fat as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I started fancying bad men. Uh, oh, mate, yeah. <laughs> My taste is horrendous and, I, and I've got films to fucking blame for it, man. <laughs> so did they ever diagnose you with the epilepsy? Yeah, so they diagnosed me with it, but they then... So there was like a thing of I wasn't allowed to... do. There's certain little things you're not allowed to do. Like you're not allowed to drive for seven years after you've had an epileptic fit. Shit. But then I, I don't have epilepsy anymore. I just had the puberty epilepsy. There's a name for it, but I can't remember it. It's Human difficult epilepsy. calling it. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. For some reason people don't take me seriously when I say pubilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. I had really bad pubilepsy, right? Uh, <laughs> what? Good <laughs> Oh, just the noise of you fucking make it having a fit and stuff like that. You think yeah. your parents are like, I don't know if I should go into the room or not. He's thirteen <laughs> years old. He's shaking and paddling or something else. Exactly, shaking and th- and throffing at the mouth. Yeah, he's just having a wank. <laughs> uh, what is the film that you most relate to, Larry Dean? Drop Dead Fred. That makes sense to me. That are um, you both parts in Drop Dead Fred? What the the. Are you Phoebe Cates and, and Rick Mayo? I think so, yeah. I, th- I And I've... This is going to sound mental, right? But I've definitely, since lockdown, and I've been able to ruminate, I began to start trying to make myself feel more like a kid again. Because uh, that's one of the compliments I, I got from a lot of people was saying that whenever they hang out with me, they feel like they can be as silly and as childish as they want, and I'm not really going to judge them for it. And I was like, you know what? I need to start doing that myself and not feel so self-conscious. Yeah. And I think that's the whole thing with uh, Drop Dead Fred is just basically just like be more of a kid. Because I, I, my sister says I'm mental for this, but I still wake up every single morning and go, I don't have to go to school today. I still genuinely think that. <laughs> yeah. And whenever I, whenever I buy like um, 
a packet of biscuits. I swear I still think this way. Whenever I buy a packet of biscuits, I still think I can fucking eat as many of these as I want because I don't live with mum anymore. Yes. <laughs> I still get le- yes. really excited about those little things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the whole thing with Drop Dead Fred, that's like trying to be childish and be silly and all that. I fucking... I, I, maybe it's not the way I am, but it's definitely the way I kind of I go. I want to be like... Yeah. I think I'm going to get a tattoo of that as well. I've already got a tattoo of the mask. Have you? Um, yeah. Love the mask. <laughs> Just show me a tattoo. No shit. He really does. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this. He's got the Loki mask right on his tummy. And uh, my, the, the, my, my six pack, remember? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, going and it, it's, and, and it's, it's <laughs> my six pack. He's <laughs> really in good shape. Also, having a tattoo on your six pack means you have to keep a six pack forever, right? It's quite motivational. You can't, uh, have, a, yeah. you can't have Loki on a big old fatty boom boom, can you? Well, I don't know. I'll be able to see it without having to look down, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been trying to, th- but then I, because it's strange when I got a tattoo, because you know when they say it's like, Gotta get one that means something. I was thinking, well, yeah. the mask was the uh, a film. That, although I keep thinking, it's always fucking green. Green films tend to be the thing I love. Drop Dead Fred, green. Yeah. The mask, green. Gremlins, green. <laughs> and those yeah. are all the tattoos I was thinking. But the um, but the mask was another the, one. Brown. Yeah, but then it's like um, it's the reason why I got it brown was because uh, I've got uh, a couple of moles there, and I thought I'm going to cover them up. Um, yeah, you've got to think this way ahead, mate. Um, but I thought with the, um, yeah, the mask as well. That's another one that I, yeah, I tried. Oh, I love those bits in films of mm-hmm. when my one of my favourite scenes ever is the dancing scene to Cuban Pete. Agreed. Because how they wrote that in a script, that is a, such a, I love bits in films that when you watch it, you think, how the fuck did they get this past a producer? Like, yeah, yeah. can you imagine just going, oh, he's about to get caught by the police, but then he starts dancing to Cuban Pete and everyone joins in and then he runs away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking good... I've got the soundtrack to the mask, I love it. What, Larry Dean, is the sexiest film ever made? In your eyes. Cru- uh, cruel Intentions. Is that because you look a bit like Ryan Philippe? Mate, I fucking love you, man. <laughs> Ryan Felipe is a fucking ride. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, man. Oh. I don't know what else to represent. I don't know this fucking Italian chef or fucking... There's his bum hole. Hey, but me she more. Yeah, uh, man, it's so hot. Even right, even though I'm not a fan of uh, of the the, the vaginas, mm-hmm. uh, the two girls kissing in that film—that's a hot kiss, really hot kiss. Yeah, when you kiss. see that one string of saliva between yeah. them both, yeah, that's lovely. Um, yeah. I, oh yeah, oh yeah, my <laughs> fucking yeah, yeah. Um, do it for daddy. Uh, <laughs> but I even find watching that going—I find myself turning into a lad watching that scene. I'm yeah. like, oh hi. Yeah, yeah. There's four boobs in that scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I'd never counted the boobs, but you're absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah, I know, man. Apparently, they're everywhere. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Philippe. Philippe. Is it Philippe or Philippe? I thought it was Philippe, but you know. To be honest, I never usually say it out loud. I just write it down uh, in Google search. (laughs) 
but Ryan Philippe in that film, mm. uh, a horny young guy, I just and he's hot mm-hmm. and he's a bad boy, yeah, and yeah, everything about that film is hot. Even the fact that he's about to do incest, I'm still like, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be your sister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you still? Are you still into him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not usually into guys that are um, are older than um, like. 35 or whatever like that right. but I think he's like 40 now and he still looks hot he still got it yeah uh, still got it uh, a subcategory to this question travelling boners worrying wide-ons what film did you find arousing that you thought maybe I shouldn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> you probably I don't know if you'll ever have had this answer uh, The Warriors Warriors Come Out and Play uh, or, yeah, yeah yeah Come Out to Play not not him Um but Ajax from the, you know, the guy who gets uh, arrested by his, uh, he gets handcuffed to a park bench. Mm-hmm. That bit is the bit that gave you the horn. That, yeah, no, not that bit, just him in general and the whole, right. it, the whole thing of half, like topless fit men running through a city after being very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that very hot. There's no sex scenes really in it, I don't think. But I I did watch the whole film with a stoner and just be like, this is like the best film ever. And to be fair to the, and that Ajax thing, what is so funny about that film is as soon as Ajax gets arrested, I used to just be like, no, I'm not really interested in this film anymore. <laughs> and then just not watch it. I didn't know at the end of it, because whenever I said, or what they said, people go, what, what were we watching the other night? I was like, oh, The Warriors. And then they do the, 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 the quote from it. Come out to play! Yeah. That one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like... I don't know what fucking film they're on because <laughs> that's at the end. <laughs> that's nice. I can, I can, I can see that. Sexy topless men running through a city, being naughty. Because it's basically it's Baywatch for benders. Baywatch for benders. Please put that on the poster. <laughs> but, do you know, like, because because loads of like because people go, oh, I can't believe why do men like Baywatch? It's just women running mm. around like half naked. I'm like. Yeah, men running around half naked, that's hot as well. Yeah. But then it has to be bad boys. I don't want, like, the fact that Baywatch has what men running around issue? half naked. Saving people. What is your issue with, with good boys? It's not, it's not, it's not, they're not going to treat me like shit. I mean, what's the fucking. I get it, I get it. Who I want, wants, I want, who wants I want to be the one to team them. <laughs> I want to be the one to team them. <laughs> I totally understand. Uh, what is the film, objectively, that's the greatest film of all time? Objectively. Objectively the greatest film of all time. Yeah. <laughs> right. I usually mm-hmm. would have said The Shining, because it is a masterpiece. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I know not everyone's into horror, so I thought I'd go for a film that I think has everything, and I've seen it very recently, and I can't believe it has been overshadowed by another film. Jojo Rabbit, I thought, was one of the best films of all time. So good. It has everything in it. Love it. I love that film. And I genuinely am lost as to why it got such a mixed response. It's one mm. of them films I'm just like, well, clearly it's fucking brilliant. What is? What on earth are you talking about? It's clearly it's, brilliant. It does everything. I yeah. was At the end of it, I was like... I can't think of any way that film could be better because mm. it even brings you on the journey of... The film that always comes to mind is a, a good way of um, 
summarising this thing that people do in films of, you know, in The Last King of Scotland. Yes. Um, you, at the beginning, love Idi Amin. He seems like the nicest yeah. guy. But at the end, you hate him. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit, I think, makes you do the same thing with, with what do you call it, the Nazis. Because, yeah. first of all, they're funny. They're comical. Mm. And then you see the horror of it. And then you feel you feel bad for the boy. And then you feel good for the boy, and then you just you, it just brings you all over the place. And at the end, you just like what a horrendous thing, or what a horrendous part of history, mm. but what a lovely film, and what a f- really so it was like a, f- a comedy film that makes you go, oh, what, that's yeah. sad as well. It's great. And you know what I was thinking about it, like what what I did understand of the, the people who were criticising it is like it's always this issue of well, you can't make. Uh, anything funny or with humour about the Holocaust and you can't humanise the Nazis and all, all these arguments. And I get those arguments and I think, you know, on some level I agree with that, but on the, on the other hand I sort of go, we know about, or a lot of people, you, you learn about the Holocaust, you hear about it. So doing it in a comedy way, doing it in a way like that, any way that makes you see it anew is worth doing, I think. Mm. Any way that sort of is a bit... Oh, I've not seen it from that angle. Kind of actually, whereas if you do the same sort of tone for every Holocaust thing, it becomes you just can't take it in anymore. I think. I think totally. it, it has value doing it in a different way that might seem frivolous because it isn't. I, and I the, the fact that, like, I think it made even more of an impact by the fact that you you watching these Nazis be funny mm. and then you see them do something horrendous and then you hate them. And it's almost like the thing of, like, an evil person isn't going to come across as an evil person when you yeah. first meet them. You might find them funny, you might really like them, but it doesn't yeah. mean that they're not going to do something evil. Some of the Nazis must have been incredibly charming and yeah. nice to be around, but they're like the worst human beings ever uh, of all yeah. time. So it's like, if anything, that makes it more real. It makes yeah. it sadder. It makes it have more of an effect. So yeah, when I watched that film, I was like... They, was it not out at the same... What's that South Korean film that was out at the same time? Parasite. Yeah, it was out. Parasite, yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably why... Because I watched Parasite after Jojo Rabbit and I was yeah. like, it's not as, I'm not as good. <laughs> I don't like it as much. Uh, what is the film that you can or have watched the most over and over again? I usually see The Shining in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, my obsession with The Shining is a bit too much, though. I've actually... I've ordered the carpet from The Shining and it's in my hall and I've got a fucking picture up as well. That's it's like right. proper movie hall. And in the background, up there you probably see, I've got like the head from Gladiator. Oh, wow. Yeah, you French. do. Um, but the film actually I could probably watch more than scary any other one. Go on. Um, yeah, it's my exes. That's why it's scary. Oh, um, still got his DNA on it though. Um, and <laughs> uh, Interstellar. Really? What's that over and over? Yeah, I just find it it's so um what do you call it? Cinematically beautiful mm-hmm. that it's one that you can just watch over and over again because it's just nice to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the music nice. to it as well. It's almost like uh it's like the way same way a space odyssey is, is that yeah. uh, two thousand one. It's like it's just uh art. It's not really a film, it's kind of just an art piece that's like yeah. a film. Yeah. And I find that the Interstellar has both of that. It's got obviously the film aspect, but it's also just really beautiful to look at and listen to it. Great. We don't like to be too negative, so we'll do it fairly quickly. What's the worst film you've seen? Oh, 
is the worst film I've ever seen. Oh, the thing, the the the, the remake of the thing. Fair enough. That's it's so bad. It's fucking awful. I was so angry when I went and saw that because uh, the first thing brilliant, yeah. then CGI got involved and also it doesn't make sense because the end of the the remake of the thing, mm-hmm. she walks out of the burning building yeah. looking all proud of herself that she's killed the thing and she walks off towards the camera as if like she's on her way to somewhere and I'm like you're in the middle of the fucking arty you're going to die? <laughs> they, you, you've got to like You might be like the, the ending more now now I realise it's a really <laughs> dark ending it's just walking but up to die in the arty It doesn't make any sense I'm just like yeah. the, the way that they give up in the first one of just like yeah we're just going to have to die mm. that's it and they're sad, or they're, and they're tired. Yeah. But they didn't. Be, they weren't like, yeah, fucking, <laughs> the, the Americans won again, we saved the world. Yeah, that sort of remake is very depressing. It's really like, what, mm. if you're going to do it, you better have a real hot take on this, and it not just be, oh, it's an IP, people have heard of it. We'll just whack out another one with some CGI on top. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Um, what is the film? You're in comedy. You're an award winner. What's the film Ooh. that made you laugh the most? It's not highbrow. Great. 40-year-old virgin. Great film. Lovely film. It's uh, basic fucking dick jokes for two hours, but it really, really makes me laugh. Also, it wasn't... I had the problem of I still don't... I don't laugh out loud at a lot of... Mm-hmm. stuff on TV. I hate watching comedy with someone because unless it's a comedian because they just look around and you go, but you're a comedian, why are you not laughing at me? <laughs> um, but uh, at school, people used to come in and then do, like, the, I hate the anchor man because I can't not hear my mates at school try and do that. Mm-hmm. And I saw 40-year-old virgin before they did, so then it meant that I had the original in my head, not my mates trying to be funny by copying other people. That is really deep. I get it. People people <laughs> ruin shit by getting too into it. Yeah, it's like stop stop repeating it. Stop stop trying to do the joke. You can't do it. Yeah. Uh what do you watch horror on your own then? Do you yeah. like watching it on your own? Like being scared alone. Interesting. Eh uh, yeah. Um and I find though that it depends of like this, it depends me the supernatural stuff that's the thing that's going to fuck me up more when I'm alone. Mm. I don't find like my, a lot of horror that scary, but when it's something that seems to be supernatural and on a true story, that'll fuck me up. Like Exorcist stuff like that. Have you seen Lake Mungo? No. That is my recommendation for you today. That you seek out the film Lake Mungo and don't look it up. Don't know anything about it. Just watch it. But it's a documentary, and it is. Oh, fantastic. Right. Lake Mungo. See if you... I don't know where you'll find it, but you'll find it somewhere. Read nothing. Watch Lake Mungo. Get back to me. Okay. Will do, sir. Will do. Uh, Larry Dean. Telling me what to do. God. (laughs) Just be a bad boy, Brett, and then we're started. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Larry Dean's way. When you were in your house, having a nice old time in lockdown, and you were checking up on 82 your neighbours, and suddenly you get a knock at the door and it's a it's an Uber driver who says, oh, I've got your breakfast. And you say, I said I didn't order breakfast today. And the, the Uber driver says, no, no, it's 
from A to two, they wanted to apologise because they accidentally took your breakfast the other day and you go, oh, that's nice. And then you start eating it and you think, there's something strange about this taste, maybe it's a new delic- delicacy. Uh, and then you die because they put poison in it so that they could steal your bike lock as well. So you're in your kitchen, you're dead, you're rotting, lockdown still going on, quarantine, no one's come to find you because they're not allowed to. Eventually, the guy that you'd had a Skype date with gets in touch with me. He says, hey, I'm thinking of writing an article for Chortle about other comedians that I've met on Skype that I'd like to criticise. What What do you make of uh, Larry Dean? I said, "Where? hang on, when did you last see him? Anyway, I come all the way to Glasgow, break down your door, there you are in the very spot I'm looking at you, rotted to death from poison. You've been eaten at by rats. A bird has put a nest in your face. There is... uh, You're an absolute mess. There's more of you than I was expecting because you started to grow like fucking moss all over you, all sorts of shit. Anyway, I bought this coffin that was the size of you, but you're much bigger than you were when you were alive. So I have to chop you up with a fucking kitchen knife... I'm piling all the bits into the coffin. I stuff it all down. When I get you in there, it's absolutely rammed. (laughs) And there is only room in this coffin for one DVD that we can slip just in the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. One night, it's your movie night. What film are you showing the scary little blonde ghost children in heaven (laughs) when it's your movie night? Uh, I'm going to go for Mrs. Doubtfire. A, a twist as good as The Sixth Sense. No one expected <laughs> it. Any particular reason? Because I haven't mentioned it, and yeah. I thought uh, it definitely deserves a mention. If I was in heaven, it's Kevin's in the clouds. Mm-hmm. It's rain. The clouds are rain. Right. It's proper best rainy day film. Everyone um, loves that film. I don't know anyone who could watch it and not like it. So all my new pals up in heaven can enjoy it with me. And yeah, it's just it's got everything. I love that film. It's fucking. It's sad. It's hilarious. It's great. What a lovely man. What was the third film you wanted to mention? So I wouldn't let you when I said your favourite. You said I had three, and I said you can only have one. Oh, so it was like uh, I was going to go Gremlins, The Shining, and. The Mask, I think I was going to go for. What a, what a night. I forgot to even mention the thing as well. Yeah. God, because the other one I was going to mention was The Crying One, because I, I cry weird films. Mm. So I, this is like, like an hour ago. But I cried at Liar Liar. Oh, yeah. Well, it's sad, isn't it? Not really. Well, it's because he's got his kid. He wants to be a good dad and be with his kid and his wife, ex-wife. Is it sad? I always thought it was funny. Yeah, it's funny. But underneath it all, he's trying to get rid of the Princess Bride geezer so he can be back with his kid and make his kid love him again. Yeah, I think I think I don't like kids, but then I actually secretly love kids. Because I'm thinking the films that I love are very kind of like, who will love my children? Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, Liar Liar. Brett, do you, have a, do you have a baby with me? Yes, I do. And finally, we've cracked therapy. <laughs> <laughs> This is the realisation I've been trying to get you to for an hour and a half. Yeah, let's get let's get you wearing a leather vest like they do in the Warriors. And then it's done. I've got to be a bit badder. Now, listen, Larry Deansway, you've been wonderful. Is there anything you would like people to listen out for? That, what's Larry Deansway? No, 
I'm just being silly. <laughs> I love it. You're uh, so naughty. He doesn't even say my surname. I can tame him, though. Don't worry, everyone. Uh, Larry uh, Dean, wait. what should people look out for that you are in or listen to or watch out for in the world in case they want to check you out further? I don't know. Follow, uh, uh, just follow me on Instagram or hmm. just Facebook or I don't like I don't like Twitter. Oh, but I might have a podcast someday. One day, when I finally get round to it, I might have a podcast. What, what will it be about? Do you know? Well, well, there's a couple of ideas banging around. One of them was about relationships mm-hmm. and basically talking about relationship experiences, but then it's almost like embarrassing experiences that you've had for mm-hmm. like the stories I've told you. And then other people, because whenever you tell an embarrassing story, usually someone's able to go, actually, I've got a really embarrassing story. And then mm-hmm. they... And, and, but the same, usually it revolves around dating and relationships because that's you having to meet a new person and then yeah. that's going to be proper embarrassing for you. So I thought something along those lines with me and right. another comedian, or, pardon me, uh, my pal said to me I should do something about how I'm not able to see my therapist at the moment because of lockdown. So Larry has invited comedians to be his therapist. So this, it's like This was the pilot show. apps. This was the pilot. Episode, it was, yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's like a chat show where I'm always getting interviewed. The attention for me, Magway. <laughs> uh, Larry, thank you so much for doing this. Have a wonderful time. Me. I hope you get let out soon. Good day, sir. Thank you. So that was episode 110. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 30 minutes of chat, secrets and some video with Larry. Go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star rating if you could. And instead of writing a review, you can write about the film that means the most to you and why. It's always nice to read those things and it helps numbers and it means something to algorithms or some such. I don't know. We all live in a matrix. Just, you know, get 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 into it, I suppose. Thank you so much to Larry Dean for doing this show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to ACAS for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Remember to watch Ted Lasso, if you can, on the Apple TV Plus app. Come and join me next week, where my next guest is going to be another hero. I don't think I'm even going to say who it is, but I think by now you know it's going to be another classic. So that is it for now. Have a lovely week, and please... Now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. 
It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.